I do with my hands? It's like you, you meet somebody nowadays, and you, you you reach to shake their hand, and you stop, and you do this little awkward dance, and like, stick your elbow out, like elbow bump, fist yeah. bump, yeah. I, I, I had no idea what to say. Bowing, so yeah. bowing. <laughs> yeah, well, the other Japanese have been doing this stuff for years, right? They do a mask when they're sick. They don't touch each other. They bow. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's pretty smart. I, it's funny. I watched a movie today that came out like five, six years ago with. Uh, Bill Paxton and uh, uh, Morpheus, I can't remember his name. And kind of the premise Lawrence was, Fishburne. yeah, Lawrence Fishburne. Kind of the premise was like, it's post-apocalyptic, the whole world's a, bo- a ball of ice. Um, but one of the things that happens is somebody gets sick, they have to be quarantined and da 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 and everybody's wearing a mask. I'm like, what year did this come out? It's a little prophetic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> prophetic, very. Yeah. <laughs> So, this is our first recording. We've only been planning this for about, what, a day and a half now? Give or take. Yeah. 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 yeah uh, it's 30. Plus yeah, 250 right. milliseconds for Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm in the future. The future is bright. Wear shades. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've been planning this for about six months. And after delay and reschedule and just flat out cancellations, this is our first recording. We are mm-hmm. going to be doing uh, a adventure path from Old Dungeon Magazine called Shackled City. Uh, it's going to be based in Greyhawk. We're using 5E D&D. And this is by, brought to you by the Back Patio Network, where all your great networking things are networked. <laughs> um, on the elevator pitch. For all your patio <laughs> needs. Yeah. Those are I think you need to roll game. diplomacy. We're done. Uh, my name is Matt, and we run the game to my right. So, is Heath, and he is playing Caldoon. Say yes. hello, Heath. Caldoon, yeah. Wilhelm, actually. I'm a simple shepherd from the coast. Uh huh. Okay. And below, <laughs> <laughs> below me is Jamie playing Ferzan. Hello. And. To the right of he him is Mike playing. You, I'll let you say. It. I keep messing it up. Terathio. Terathio. G'day. And I would like to do a special thanks to Mike for being so generous and kind to record with us from Australia. What time is it there? It's eight thirty p.m. here. It's uh, nine forty in the morning. Monday. But I'm. I. But the next day, it's Monday morning. Yeah. So. so. Thank you for joining us and helping us out with this. That's uh, yeah, that's I, cool. Yeah, I don't think that, I could. I, I, well, I couldn't do the logistics of it. <laughs> I, I couldn't do this from work. Um, yeah, so we're just gonna go ahead and get started. Um, oh shoot, I'm not ready. Hang on. No. <laughs> 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 well, I only had six months. We spent man. the past okay. hour getting ready. Oh wait, I'm not ready. Well, I spent the last hour getting Twitch. Uh, studio set up to show you this gorgeous outline that we have here um <laughs> which will improve our our twitch which will improve over time hopefully um just as long as you're getting my good side well we have your front side you're upside down uh yeah well that, that happens <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny Heath. <laughs> 
like a funny yeah, joke. This, this is this is the dead horse, and we will continue to beat it until you all laugh. <laughs> yep. We are our own laugh track. Join us. <laughs> so has anyone seen Batman? <laughs> <laughs> Never. That's Which one? That's a... Are you looking have... for the book? I am That's looking my for horse. something. Uh... I had some scenes I'm going to read to you guys as an introduction okay. to your characters. Uh, yes, story stuffed them so far deep into this computer that I may not ever <laughs> be able to find it. The files are in the computer? <laughs> in the computer. <laughs> Maybe if you shake the computer, they yeah. will come out. Percussive maintenance. Just hit it. Therapeutic <laughs> I've got a file that is titled that. <laughs> That does not work. <laughs> was is that what you were looking for? Yes. No. It was. That's not it. <laughs> it's not in that file. <laughs> that's yeah, not it. Looking for the file named this. No, yes. that. This. Oh God, we're gonna have a whole Abbott Costello thing going on here in a second. Uh, oh, I saw someone did a version of that. Man, what was it? They they updated it. Oh, it was um the puppet guy, um, Dunham. Oh, and he, he was doing it with Wi-Fi passwords. And so he's like, what's the Wi-Fi password? He's like, why do you need it? He's like, so I can get on the Wi-Fi. He's like, well, so what's the password? He's like, why do you need why it? Do you need it? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, fine, don't tell me this one. What's the one for the bus? He's like, and it was some, something else along those lines. And it was, it was good because it was Peanut that was asking. And, you know, it just <laughs> escalated very, very, very quickly. It was good. It's a classic. So, it what is. was the password? Why do <laughs> you need it? Need okay. Because <laughs> I actually got lost in that. <laughs> I'm a simple That's man. Great. You're meant to be doing something else. We're vamping. I am. You. I am. Do you a great job. <laughs> Please continue. Trying That's really a, hard. It's a hell of a beginning. <laughs> I just got sent a picture from my mom of a teacup full of baby bunnies. Okay. Oh, are they <laughs> You sent or you received? Received. <laughs> How many bunnies are in a cup? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Actually, it's either a, a very large cup or an imperial cup. It's a big cup. Um, I don't know what an imperial cup is. Yeah, I have to <laughs> fill us in on that. It's one that you have to salute da, before da, you pick da, it up. Da, 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 da. That would be a royal, you know? You have to have an 8 by 10 picture of that cup in your uh, front room, no more than 10 meters from the door. Ah. 8 by 10, that's an inches thing, though. <laughs> oh, he got gotcha. me. He's not really an Australian. You're fake Aussie. <laughs> fake, fake Aussie. It could be centimeters. It could be truth. <laughs> Oh, uh, he blimey! He got me. Blimey! Well, I think blimey, I've seen things measured in pixels, and that's no good either because pixel resolution varies widely. So, eight by ten pixels. Well, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you can't measure anything in pixels because pixels aren't. Um, no, what's the word you know, for it? Real? Discrete. <laughs> they're not discrete. <laughs> no, they they are discrete. They they're not. Uh, they they change though based on the. Discreet. Oh, right. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> this is going to be fantastic. The whole first episode is going to be just you guys vamping as I look for one doc sheet. 
it's fine. It's fine. So tune in next time yeah, so right. when Matt searches Google to figure out. <laughs> yes. The most exciting stream ever. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. So to keep it on topic, everybody name a class you're not playing. <laughs> gunslinger, apparently. Yes, yes definitely not. This the is gunslinger. a certainty. Didn't they add that to Pathfinder 2e? Uh, there's a playtest out for it now. Gun, okay. Gunslinger and uh, Inventor as well. Oh, Inventor? Yeah. Have you tried it? I have not, but it's cool. Should you, we? You can you, you can have a robot. I'm, I'm sold, Matt. Ha! I'm rerolling. <laughs> what? <laughs> Nothing. Oh, we're just it. we're right just changing now. everything about all of our characters now. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I got this right. idea. So, We've... real talk here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, by the way, Heath is my brother. If it, the one next to me, if you can't tell. <laughs> There are more than, is there more than one Heath in the call? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out why you're clarifying which Heath. Yes. The not me Heath. Uh, fair enough. So Heath and I have probably talked the longest about this. He was the first person I had uh, approached to do this stream. And he made a From character. A and then he yeah. adjusted that character. And then changed oh, the class. Yes. And then changed to that class, and then changed to another class, and added a class. It took a class away. It took this and that feet. And so, the Ultra. only reason I bring that up and throw him under the bus that far is because my intention was to create a little bit of a backstory to bring everybody into the, <laughs> to the adventure, and I wrote fucking five of them for Heath. <laughs> so it took me a minute to uh, kind of get everything going. So. Uh, I mean, but I've only, I found it. I've only I had the one character, but uh, but Matt, I, I think I gave you about thirty hours to put my character That's into true. the backstory. That's true. Yeah, I'm. Yours is off the cuff. Um, you're cool, and we know that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I found it. I'm gonna. Was it named that file? <laughs> no, it was actually named Caldoon, but it was nowhere near where I thought it was. I. It was on the oh. other side of the map. Well, I forgot that handy little. Windows button. Search? Yeah. So yeah. I, you know, I took that. Okay. So. Darkness. A sense of pain. Thoughts echoing through his mind. And a whisper in his own voice in his head. Why can't I see? Pause. Something, something is missing. Rubbing his eyes blindfully, blindly, stumbling over a hard rock, he pauses again. I can't hear them. What, what have I done? Hear who? What have I done? He stops a moment to focus. The last thing he remembered was a purple glow. He felt around the darkness, finding only rough stone. Deep breath, thinking again. I'm out of breath. My feet hurt. My stomach is burning with hunger and I'm weak. Okay, I've been running for days. Why can't I see? Think, damn you. Purple, underdark. There's rest. Great, I'm going insane. 
Focusing on his breath, he stands up straight, clears his mind, and feels exploring his body, checking for wounds. I've been hurt in a fight, several, several fights. Suddenly, remembering something urgent, he pulls his backpack around his body, rifling through it feverishly. Oh, thank the queen, my spellbook. The queen. A wave of nausea hits him, almost knocking him back into blackness in the already darkness. Terror floods over him. By the gods, what have I done? In a blind panic, he ran for a few strides before smashing headlong into what must have been a stalactite, feeling the blood trickle down between his blind eyes. That man stopped again. Continuing his inner monologue. I will die acting like this. They will be coming after me, and they can see. Finally, he allowed one word to break the silence. Pazel, he whispers into the darkness, echoing off the halls. Moments later, from another place, a gray owl pops into existence with a foop of despair, displaced air. Long ago, he had bonded with the spirit. They had become familiar to him. Returning to thought, Pazel, be my eyes. There is danger here. We must go quickly. The man concentrates for a bit, entering a mild trance as the owl leaps into the air. The surrounding cavern lights up in his mind eye as he connects to his companion's senses. <clears throat> Find a path up, out of this place, but always up. Move swiftly, please. The owl flies off into the distance. The man goes blind. He knew well the limitations of their bond, but he had to trust Pazel could find a path. An eternity later, later the owl flaps back into the narrow cavern and roosts upon the robed man's, robed man's shoulder. Good, good, lead the way. As the duo treks up through the winding caves, the man began to feel his senses, sense of sight returning. I must be going the right way. The fair, fair res is losing its hold on me. What he thought would have taken more days only took hours, and there was bright light. Like waking from a dream, as soon as Khaldun stepped into the sunlight, his sight returned fully, and what fog had remained in his mind lifted. He was in the foothills of some mountain, a thick jungle around him, hot and humid. Taking a moment, he re reassessed the situation. Out loud, he spoke, We need to find civilization, somewhere to hide while I heal and think. The gift did not take betrayal lightly, and I'm sure the Kirizoth is already tracking me now. In the distance, he hears a loud wood crash, followed by creative cursing. Khaldun cautiously yet hurriedly strides toward the commotion. On a somewhat well-kept road, he sees a large, thick-shouldered man, still cussing, pulling off the remains of one of his wrecked wagon wheels. Never trust a damn gnomish salesman again. New invention. Better wheels. Garbage, he grumbles. Khaldun must have scuffed a foot or stepped on a branch. The large man turned suddenly to face the noise, picking up an axe handle that sitting next to him. Upon seeing the robed man, he stops, relaxes a bit, lets the handle lie back against the cart. You look hurt. What are you doing off the road? Good way to get yourself at. I'm looking for civilization, Khaldun spoke slowly, with a rasp. Well, yeah, you found it, have you? He sets down the axe handle, returned to the task of removing the wagon wheel. 
Kaldun slowly approaches. I know a few things about that, if you'll allow me to look. He turns his head back to him. Well, I'm a blacksmith. I don't know damn well all about wood. Kaldun spoke. I too am a blacksmith, but I'm in a hurry. Would you take me to the city if I helped? Sure, why not? Kaldun walks up to the wheel with a few words, strange gestures. He pulls the pieces up together as good as new in a mere moments. That ain't blacksmithing. You're some wizard type, ain't you? I also blacksmith. The two men climbed upon the wagon, beginning up the road towards the towering mountain. Where are we going? Cal asks. Cauldron. Scene fades. Bravo, bravo, oh. bravo. <laughs> Standing ovation. Now I know what character I'm playing. <laughs> You're playing Cal <laughs> Did you not get that, that email? I didn't get that email. Uh, it was via carrier pigeon. <laughs> Smoke signals. Australian internet. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. So, Khaldun, you are yes. riding alongside this large, obviously blacksmith, the typical blacksmith you think of when you think of a medieval blacksmith. Large man, round, okay. big belly. Uh, dirty. <laughs> okay. But very soot nice. covered. Soot, soot covered. With, yeah. Dirty, dirty soot with cover. Uh, very kind, though. Uh, just talking to you, asking questions. Uh, it'll be about two, three hours before we get to Cauldron. 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 Where are you coming from? <clears throat> to be honest with you, I can't remember. I, uh, had a really rough night last night and uh, was uh, assaulted by some bandits. And my memory's a little fuzzy right now. But, uh, you know, Cauldron sounds good to me. I don't recognize these mountains. Where exactly are we? Oh, we're in the Hell Furnace mountain range. Um, it goes on for miles. Okay. Splits us from the, the deserts to the west and the ocean to the east. Actually, once we get higher, you'll be able to see the... Uh, Jellio Bay. Um, Jellio Bay. Yes. Okay, good to know. Any um, sort of farmland in the area? No, this is the tropics. Well, yes, yes, we do have farmland, I suppose. I don't. I'm a blacksmith. But tropical fruits, bananas, pineapples, tobacco. I'm not sure if that actually qualifies as a fruit. <laughs> uh, I see. Sugar. Well, well um... When we get the cauldron, no apples. Um, I really prefer. Hmm? Yes. You said that you're a blacksmith. Yes. Well, um, I'm new to town, and if you wouldn't mind, um, do you need any help around the shop? I'm trying to get my bearings. I'm. And my pockets are empty. I'm not. I don't have a smith in cauldron. I'm passing through, going to Sasserine. However, I do know the smith. I'd be happy to introduce him to him. Uh, that was quite a trick you pulled back there on the wheel. I'm sure you'd be interested in having your help if you were willing to give it. Yeah, so, absolutely willing to give it. Blacksmith. Just need some place to bed down and, um, you know, earn, earn a little coin for a while. Be happy to. Thank you very much. And while we're riding along, you know, I'm carrying on this conversation. I'm, I'm just having 
simple conversation with him, just trying to get like little bits of information about what, where am I? What's going on? You know, so just some names to put this together. Um, and, um, you know, it, during any sort of lull in the conversation, I'm going to send Pazell up into the air just to get an aerial view of where we are, just to, a sense of what the surroundings are like. Okay. Uh, so you are in the mountains, a jungle mountain, and Pazell goes <laughs> up and you're just surrounded by jungle and uh, he, she, Pazell, he, she, she. She can see off into the distance and, you know, staying within 100 feet of you communicate. Um, mm-hmm. In the distance, she can see uh, the gulf, uh, but it's easily probably 100 miles away. So it's just okay. very way off in the distance. And you're very high up and you're continuing to go. High. And you can see, you follow the road, the switchbacks. You're going up the side of what is obviously a volcano. Chopped, okay. crop top. Um, Kind of hard to see. Sometimes you see more in the distance because of the, the jungle terrain. You can't really see too close, but you do see that you're going up rather steep switchbacks to this city. Uh, Pazel flies around, goes forward, comes back. Um, the best way that you could describe this city, the first word that comes to mind is fortress. Um, the city's at the top, there's narrow roads going up to it, and there's a 30-foot wall all the way around it. So it looks well fortified. And the road, as the, high, the higher up the road goes, uh, it just gets narrow enough to be comfortably riding on a wagon. Okay. As in, you're not teetering on the edge. You've got maybe a foot or two on each side. All right. And you said this is uh, a blacksmith's human? Yes. Okay. Varric. My name is Varric. Varric. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. Nice I'm to meet you too. You're a very pleasant person. Very pleased. I, I have a question. Him. Yes. Yeah. You're in the back. <laughs> You're in the back. <laughs> Excuse me. Could you repeat the name of the mountain range? Uh, Hell Furnace. Hell Furnace. Okay. Hell thank furnace. you. You're welcome. I'm not taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's fine. Hell Furnace Mountain. He is, is the mouse in name. the back of the wagon. <laughs> Furiously Ignore me, scribbling please. notes. <laughs> <laughs> Ignore me, please continue. Ignore me. Uh, Varric, you know he's he's kind of chatty. He wasn't Varric. at first, when he's, but the, seems like he's starting to open up a little bit. Used to, I didn't take this route. Um, not much time has passed since the old. Uh, Hook nose woke up and basically obliterated our old trading path to the north. So now everything's Hook going. Hook obliterated a path. Hook nose. This is, is not. Hook nose has been asleep for the last 50 years and just recently awoke. Hook nose is a red dragon. Now we're not in its territory, so we're safe here, but the path that we used to follow has been completely cut off. You could manage it, but at the risk of angering old hook nose. Uh, so it's changed how we've had to do our trade routes. Normally I'd never go to Sasserine, but it's much quicker now to go through Sasserine and to Delail Bay to get on out my get my wares going. I see. Well, that's very interesting. Um, 
So this dragon's been asleep for a while. Is it size of a bread box? Is it a really big dragon? Just uh, curious. Uh, people have tossed around the word worm before. With a Y. Is that a little worm or a big worm? Not an inchworm. It's more like a footworm. (laughs) Many footworms. (laughs) No. So do you see it in the sky very often? No. No, no. No. He rarely takes flight. He just keeps an eye on his territory, roosts up on the mountain peaks, raids whatever may be coming through. Actually, it's kind of been nice ever since he's woken up. The work raids have... Severely diminished. So he's been eating them. Eating them, or uh, probably eating them. I imagine. I don't know much about the the doings of worms. <laughs> the dietary restrictions of <laughs> great dragons. I'm orc intolerant. <laughs> Just hosting orc slumber parties, braiding their hair. You know. Yes, exactly. Free range keeping, orcs, keeping them occupied, painting nails. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, I actually happen to know a little bit about red dragons. That's why I was asking these questions. You know? um, they certainly love to destroy things. It's kind of their form of entertainment. What um, do you know about red dragons? Just what I've read in books. So how how well are you disguised? Because you don't have a nose. Um, I, so... I cast disguise self on my on myself when I came out of the cave and I saw him. Okay. It's probably the noise that he heard. You know, the yeah. stepping on the stick was <laughs> hide me. You <laughs> You're know, breaking and, the stick and, as a and, material and component. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Actually, I think. I mean, yeah, exactly. So I look, I look human. Okay. Um, and. Uh, that's why I was asking these questions because he's in his mind. His mind is racing, trying to put together some sort of legitimate backstory. Um, and I like his plan. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I said, not unlike his player. Um, <laughs> Cinema verite. <laughs> how long? How long are we um, riding along on the road? Right now, it's been about 30 minutes. I mean, okay. you've got hours, a few hours to go. And we're going to cut here. We're going to okay. roleplay all of them. Yes. Oh. Minutes by <laughs> minute. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay, we'll cut. Camera goes dark. Camera lights back up. On a snowy mountaintop. The northern mountain range of Greyhawk focuses down on a mixture between an Eastern Indian, or excuse me, American Indian and a Viking kind of tribal village. Meandering about this village are average sized, uh, people average about seven feet tall. A tribe of Goliaths and the Northern Peaks A young Goliath steps into what looks like probably the uh, chieftain's hut. Camera follows him in, bows just a little bit, just showing a little bit of, of uh, 
respect towards the large Goliath, older Goliath with a beard. Arok, he nods. Farzan, you asked to see me. Yes, there has been great foul tidings on the winds. Our shaman has augured many ill fates coming soon to the land. We've stayed to ourselves, us, our village, and the other villages, for as long as we can. I would like for you to go south. I would like for you to go get additional information. The shaman speaks of laughing voices, screams of agony, worms roiling under the ground, destruction, fire, demons. Doesn't know why, doesn't know how, doesn't know when. But we can't let this world come to this and stay safely up here in the mountains. Of course, Father. I will gather my things and leave immediately if you'd like. Yes, we need you to leave. And I would actually suggest going to the Temple of the Four Elements. Learn their ways of fighting. Learn skills that will help you in this strange world that we have secluded ourselves from. Go for a year. Return and tell us what you found. He nods. Yes, Father. Fares on, walks out, walks to his tut, grabs a few bags, not really much that he owns, a stick about the size of him, a seven-foot stick, eight inches around, grabs a leather case with bedroll, water, and heads south. Steps down the mountain, travels two, three, four weeks. Heading south, heading southwest towards what you've been told is the Hell Furnace Mountains. At the foothill of the largest peak, which is an actual volcano, there is a monk monastery. It's a monastery of the four winds. You arrive and it's primarily human. Actually, 100% human, except for the one Goliath who stepped in. Being in an unknown world, an unknown region, he bows slightly. I'm here to learn to fight. I'm here to learn what you can teach me. Tell me the ways of, the, of this area, of this region. The man, five feet tall, spiked hair, rat tail, wearing just robes, walks up. Well, let's see what you can do. He, pull, he beckons for you to come into the, the temple proper area, the, the campus of the temple, where you see the typical scene, the Kung Fu theater. There are 
a bunch of humans out doing tai chi and, and group uh, group kata. Uh, and then there's a fighting square. And there's these two humans. And this small, spiky-haired, rat-tailed man walks forward, waves a hand, and one of them bows and walks out. Go fight this guy. And you hear other people talking, and most of the people are bald-headed, shaven. Uh, They speak with kind of a monk speech, very kind of reverent, very kind of solemn. This guy is just a little different. He almost has what you can only imagine would be slang that he's speaking with you with. He walks over. Get on in there. Fares on, bows, nods, doesn't bow, nods, walks in. And this young, very anime-style-looking person, the you know, the Japanese, the, the, the spiky hair, um, walks up, bows to you, backs up, bows to Fares on, backs up, and begins to just absolutely pummel Fares on into the ground. <laughs> and as the day passes, this happens, and the, the rat-tailed man stands there, just nodding. Fares on gets knocked down. Somebody comes in, gives him a drink of water, gets back up. Fight again. Fight again. Fight again. Over and over again. Fares on, thinking, what am I doing? What have I done? What have I gotten myself into? And why can't I use a weapon? So about three hours into this session of fighting over and over again, Fareson, sick of it, walks over, grabs a small tree and rips it out of the ground. <laughs> Flips it over, holding it two-handed style with the dirt clawed at the end as like a large two-handed mace and bows to the little man. The little man looks at the rat-tailed leader just nods slightly. The man, the young man that you've been fighting nods, gets into a position, takes off with a jumping kick, and Farazon knocks him out of the ring. One solid hit. Two-handed, out of the ring. The young man hits, slides, stands up, wipes the blood off his face. Looks at the the pony the rat-tailed instructor, and he just nods and waves him off. The little man looks up at you. It took you three hours to get the weapon you wanted. But you've learned something. There are no rules in fighting. You assume there were rules. That was your first lesson. There are many lessons you can learn. Would you care to stay with us? We will teach you how to use that giant staff. Farzan nods. I can stay for a time. Jamie, you're now in a monastery of the four elements. You are now a guest of this short, ponytailed man who will not tell you his name. He just You refer to him as master, kind of master-student. Uh, situation. Splinter. Splinter. Yes, he does look rattish. It's that rat tail. 
Um, but he's also very kind. Like that that one little kind of a trick. It was, he played a trick on you, you know, waiting okay. for you to pick your weapon. After that, it's just uh, think Conan being trained by the the martial arts uh, instructors of old. Not really doing hand-to-hand combat, but using the weapon that you've been chosen, you know, over and over again. Coming and smacking you in the gut and kicking you in the thigh and all these different things. Um, and this progresses for about six months. And after six months of training, one day he just basically says, that's all I can teach you. I can't have you using your full strength with this weapon, you will mortally injure or cripple my students, and I can't have that. So, you're not a monk of the four elements, but you are a student of mine, and you are welcome here at any time. I send all of my monks on a pilgrimage to the crossroads of the four elements. It is a volcano. It's on an airy peak. And in the center of the volcano is a deep lake. This is where all the four elements meet. Earth, fire, air, and water. This is where you'll learn your next lesson. And you're free to go. You're at the... Sorry. Yep, you're good. you're good. I was just going to say, he, he bows and says, thank you, Master. He thumbs up. Gives you like the whole Chuck Norris, like... <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome back anytime. Um, and good luck. I, I think you'll learn quite a bit up there. Nobody's ever returned. <laughs> I'm just joking. No, it's, 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 it's no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> so from where you are you are at the foothills of uh the hill furnace mountains you're essentially at the foothills the base of the cauldron uh volcano he's not sending you on like a 300 mile journey it's like you know okay. it's like a two-day hike granted um and it's a rough hike, you know, it's jungle terrain, you're going up back hills, and you're used to the, the icy northern mountainous area. Um, but he sends you on your way, and he kind of, the rudest he's ever been, he just kind of moves away. He just disregards you at that point. He's like, he's given okay. you what he wants you to do, and now it's up to you to do it. Okay. Uh, he will, just just as he did when he left his tribe, he will gather his things, throw his staff over his shoulder, and head toward Caldera. And as you head out of the campus, the monastery proper, you do hear a voice yell, and it's Master's voice. And he says, take the eastern path, not the western path. There be dragons. Take the eastern path. And I'm not joking this time. Like, really, don't go west. Go east. <laughs> and it hits back up. Good to know. <laughs> yep. 
180 and he goes the other way. <laughs> right. uh, I don't know. He's from West. Oh, God. He didn't teach me that lesson. Oh, Master. <laughs> L doesn't mean West. Setting sound means you are done. Does it still work that way on the other side of the planet? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we all rotate the same direction. <laughs> but your toilet all on flows the same. backwards. We're all on the same rock, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just passengers here. It's just my side is warmer right now. I have so many Australian yeah. questions <laughs> to ask. I have question. answers. Yeah. <clears throat> <laughs> all right, Jamie. So, so you're on foot. Yep. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say he will uh, obviously take his master's advice and go the non-dragon route. <laughs> it's a very well path trail so the monastery is a little bit off the beaten trail uh, path yeah well path um, the monastery is a little like a mile off the, the main path um, but it's it's a well known road it's it's very easy to follow no problems at all um, any kind of crossroads like one that will go east and west there is an actual road sign um, one that goes to the west uh, has the word Greyhawk uh, 600 and the one going to the east says cauldron, forty sasserine, one hundred and twenty. So it's a road sign. If that wasn't evident by my description, right? Is that in miles or kilometers? It is in drachma. Drachma. <laughs> that's my go-to. By the way, that's my go-to countenance for any kind of distance, weight, measurement. Anything. It's always drachma because I don't know what that is, and it sounds great. So it's in drachma. Right. Fair enough. <laughs> he will uh, head toward Cauldron, not toward Greyhawk, because he doesn't have his shoes aren't rated for drachma. Uh, so he will head that. <laughs> I mean, he's at the foot, foothills, right? So he's basically he start up the mountain. Pretty much. Yeah. It, it's just okay. And you can see the peak. You can see the 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 top of the. Volcano, the the um, the peak's been cut off. You know, you can see where the caldera okay. is. Um, yeah. But it's just a series of switchbacks, and it just goes back and forth and back and forth for. Okay. And you figure, it, just looking at it, eyeballing it, it's going to take you a good day and a half to two days, probably a day and a half, based on your stride and things like that. But yeah, so this is something day. that he's been he's been looking at for the last six months. Like he's yes. been training and uh, you know underneath the peak of this mountain, so he's been. You know, eyeing this thing as like this is a return to the heights that I'm comfortable with. You know, his he he's used to the cold or you know the winds and things like that. So he's been looking forward to maybe visiting the top of this this mountain, this volcano. Um, but he may even if depending on how dense this jungle is, he may even start you know a straight like starting cutting cutting through and going straight forward up the mountain if he can. I don't know if that's if the jungle is not that dense, but it, it's it is a fairly dense jungle, and okay. you could if you wanted to, and that's no problem. You kind of trailblaze because of the density of the jungle. It probably isn't going to save you much time, but you're you definitely can. Okay, if it's not going to save him any time, then he'll just take the path. But he wants to move along, ramble on, rambling. Okay, okay. <laughs> so you head up. <laughs> And we're going to fade from here. Okay. 
the scene comes back up. And it's actually the scene that you see to the right. You're hovering over Cauldron. And it moves in slowly. It's late afternoon. The shadows are real long on the roads. The rain is coming down again every morning, every night. In Cauldron, it rains. Sometimes it's a drizzle, sometimes for days. And you hear the slap, slap, slapping of someone running, running on a muddy street. The camera falls in closer. <laughs> and around a corner, sliding in the mud, holding his hand, blood oozing from between his fingers that's holding the, the bandage, is a young elf, Terathiel. Right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, well First, 15th try. You win one internet. <laughs> Slides one around drachma. the corner. Oh. <laughs> 15 drachmas. Slides mm -hmm. around the corner, holding his hand. Obvious that he's holding pressure on what used to be his right pinky is now missing. Mm, that's a good way to start. Yeah, right. Nine to go. <laughs> <laughs> I did tell you about that, right? <laughs> it's I, a minus one. I, minus actually, five. I actually cut off my own pinky just so I could really get into character. <laughs> it just gives you disadvantage to everything, so it's not that bad. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> for a rogue, that's not bar. debilitating at all. <laughs> no, no, no. And you can't hold boxes, which is what Thieves' Tools come in. Mm. Sliding around the edge. So the roads and cauld cauldron are all angled. Every single road... Because this is the inside the caldera of, of a volcano. Every road, every cut road, every alleyway, all goes down towards the center lake. And they're muddy. Like, I'm trying to describe the fact that... It makes me feel like an old Greek city that's built on the mountains. Like, it would have almost terraced uh, um, gardens and things like that but it's just switchbacks uh alleyways are muddy alleyways are all on incline but tarathiel slides around the corner in the mud holding his hand running panting fear in his eyes heading north towards the upper portion of cauldron shortly behind him are two figures Slight, small figures, adult, wearing masks that are split down the half, one side black, one side white, in chase. Trathiel turns to the right, climbs a hill, turns to the left, stops for a second to catch his breath, and hears the slap slap of two sets of feet following him. Quickly looking around, he just kind of moves back, Covers his tracks a little bit and hunkers down. The two, f the two people, masked, come around the second corner, up the hill, and stop. Looking both up and down, checking doorways, looking up to the tall buildings. One continues north, up the hill. The other one backs off, takes a right, and goes around the 
bottom of this alleyway that Terathiel has just run up. The smaller one, who's going north, passes Terathiel. He's obviously looking, obviously knows what kind of person he's pursuing, taking his time, checking every shadow. Completely misses Terathiel. Gets to the top of the hill, where the light is brighter, more patrons. There's a tavern at the end of this alleyway, which was Terathiel's original destination. He waits. The small man comes back down the hill slowly, again checking every inch of the alleyway. Passes by Tarathiel, who steps up behind him <laughs> with a dagger, pulls it around his neck, and slits his throat. The body drops. <laughs> he brought props. <laughs> the body drops. Trathiel grabs it so it doesn't make a splash in the mud. Shoulders it, still holding his cut finger. Moves back into the shadows. Moves some of the trash that's been thrown out, some of the refuse from the side buildings and houses. Lays the body down. Pats it down a little bit. Pulls a small pouch. Jingles it. Throws it in his pouch. Covers the body up slightly. Pulls the mask off. Puts it over his face. Takes a moment. Bandages his hand further. Stops the blood. Has both hands free. And he waits in the shadows. After a few moments, he hears the slow slap slap of feet trudging through mud. And the second figure with the half mask, the black and white mask, turns around the corner up through the alleyway with the same attention that the other one had been paying, looking high, looking low, looking in every door frame, every shadow. Gets to where Tarathiel is and looks straight at him. Looks down beside him, sees the body, starts backing, facing Tarathiel down the hill. We know who you are. You should have paid respects when you came to our town. This isn't over. And he slinks around the bottom of the hill. Slap, slap, bud sound echoing into the distance. Tarathiel, you're sitting there beside a dead body that you just murdered. <laughs> Go. <laughs> the uh, there is a tavern. You there is a tavern at the top of the hill. It is where you have been staying. You've only been in town for a couple of days. It's the tavern that wow. you're going to be staying in. <clears throat> when you arrived in town two days ago, you were here for a reason which you didn't tell anyone but you didn't exactly have a lot of money at the bottom of the hill at the bottom of cauldron so as you go closer to the lake you get into less and less of a 
good socioeconomic situation. So high up on the hill, you're rich. Low down by the water, it's more like the slums. You've been down in the slums for the last two or three days playing games of chance with dice. Fairly. Some people win, but most people lose. Making enough money to just basically keep you going in this town as you look around. The second day you were here, you were approached by a young man and a young woman. Asking if you had paid respect. And being new to the town, you weren't really sure. You knew what they were talking about, but you didn't know who to talk to or where to go. They both smile, smiled. At the end of the day, we'll come back. You can gather up your dice and we'll take you to go pay respects. The day passes through. You make enough money to supply yourself for another day or two. The two show back up. Smiling. Escorts you. This block to the left, a block to the right, a left, a right, up a hill, down a hill, around to the other side of the lake, and then back, and then forward, going every different direction they can, trying to throw you off the path. Eventually, you come to a regular-looking building. The man knocks on the door, knocks again, a returning knock, knocks two more times, Different patterns every time. Doesn't seem like it's a code word, but more of a, a language. Which you get that it's a language, but you don't know this language. You don't know their codes. The door finally opens. Another man's inside. Wearing a mask that is split down the middle. Black on one side, white on the other. The two smile and wave for you to go into the house. Walk in. It's dark. Candlelight here and there. Walk through the house. It, and it is an old house. Escorts you to the stairs down. And at the bottom, in the basement, there's a man sitting on what he probably thinks is a throne or some sort of nicety of a chair. It's a nice chair. And you praise it probably a couple hundred silver pieces. You're here to pay respects. You should have come the day you came in. You've done pretty well for yourself. This will be a oh, reminder. I I... What's that? Oh, I do okay. <laughs> this will be a little reminder that when you come to Cauldron, you pay respects. And the two, the man and the woman, who've been smiling this whole time, grab you by both arms. He stands up, pulls out a knife. The third man who is inside is down behind, holding you by the neck. They put your hand down on a table, and he just slices right through your pinky, cutting it off. <laughs> Screaming, yeah, it hurts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it hurt. Kind of. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to scream into a mic. <laughs> ah! Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> Antiseptic. Medic. 
He tosses. <laughs> he tosses. <laughs> he tosses a handkerchief over. Tells you to clean up your mess. And ask for all the money that you're carrying. That'll be a tax on top of your lesson. The three let you go so that you can grab your pouch. As you're rifling through, you drop your pouch. And on the way back up, pulling the dagger from your boot, you plant it directly in the throat of the man that was sitting there waiting. (laughs) That was inside the door that escorted you down. The other two, shocked, step back, starting to draw the weapons. The man on the throne screaming, why didn't you check him? And you take off running. They were polite gangsters, and you go and you stab him in the throat. (laughs) It's just one finger. (laughs) Exactly. I didn't get a receipt, though, so it's going to be really hard to get it back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you had a corpse there. You could have, like, you know, replaced it, right? Yeah, no, I absolutely... I I think if... if, uh, I think after, after killing this man... And uh, the other one backs away. Uh, Tarathio will will lean down and cut off the pinky of this man, the he wrap it in a handkerchief, and stick it in his pocket. Okay. Yep. Eye for an eye, for pinky for a pinky. How many are you? And the scene closes. The next day is when everybody arrives. That's the neat thing about D&D. You bring people <laughs> together. And always, for me, you know, always the first time, the first episode is always the hard, first episode. The first session for me is always the hardest. Sure. Giving yeah, a reason. Why are these people together? Like, yeah, you went to Magic cool. Mountain, and yeah, you are here. What's my motivation? And, yeah, exactly. Like, look, there is yet the same volcano that everybody else went to. Imagine that. However... You guys will meet next time. <laughs> Yay. Gasp. <laughs> Let's shriek. Let know. And we will continue <laughs> the <know>. story. <laughs> continue the story of the Chronicles of Madness. Thanks, guys. And hopefully next time this will look a little pretty. Not this. <laughs> this is gorgeous. But the rest <laughs> <of this. laughs> yeah. Bye, guys. Bye.